What is up, sports fans? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Fry, and I am the host of the Sports by Fry YouTube and podcast channel. Now, unfortunately, uh, it is very bleak, very dark, rainy weather in Toronto, which accurately summarises my week in the AFL fantasy world. Jesus Christ. This is probably the worst week I think I've ever had. I scored under 1850. What a fucking joke. Uh, on an unrelated note, anyone that would love to uh, give me some tips and advice on what to do with my team. Actually, if you think you're any good, you might make a YouTube video or something like that, build up a bit of a community. Maybe then people can listen to your advice and it'd be really helpful. So if there's anyone out there um, that could do that, that'd be greatly appreciated because right now my team is not very good, not very good at all. Um, I'm going to try and keep my swearing to a, <laughs> to a minimum. It's... Really hard to uh, try and move up the rankings when you only have three players out of 22 who scored 100, one of which was a goddamn rookie. Uh, I could talk about it for hours. My team did crap, but I'm not here just to talk about my team. I'm going to talk about the whole round five action, summarize a couple of the players who did perform well, and identify a few trade targets, as well as the guys who make up the majority of my team and are on the way out the door. Um, I also did, of course, the Sunday sit-down this week with JLo. There hasn't really been a lot going on sports by Frywise. Um, I'll probably do another Compare the Pair video in the near future. Um, once again, I've had a pretty busy work schedule, so I'm going to try and at least do one video in the middle of the week, and then I'll do my fantasy wrap-up and probably another one on the weekend. So stay tuned. Of course, you don't have to get all your news from the YouTube or podcast channels. You can tune in at sportsbyfry.com to read all my latest articles as well. So let me dive in and dissect my team and the uh, the abysmal score from round five. Ranking is now outside the top 27,000. Yeah, this is this, this is definitely rock bottom. This is the worst I've been in a while. I do have a lot of money saved up in my bank. Um, so hopefully I can make a couple of smart moves this week and uh, cash in points-wise so I can start moving back up the standings. I don't really know where to start. I think Luke Parker's a goner, but I'll talk my trades in a minute. Let me roll through my scores. Um, for those tuning in via the podcast, um, this is also... A YouTube video so if you search sports by fry in YouTube you can see I'm interactively showing my team at the moment so in my backline funnily enough my backline's been amazing all year but <laughs> the rest of my team's a shambles uh, Rory Laird 89 is probably below what we expected but it's not too bad Jake Lloyd 89 if he averages 90 for the rest of the year I'm not going to complain about that Luke Ryan had 82 solid and then my three rookies Finlayson Doty Doty Doherty I still don't know I should probably learn his name. And 69 from Sam Murray. So the three of them scored well. And then Alex Pierce is good for somewhere between 40 and 50 in case of a laid out. So my back line, I'm pretty happy with. To be honest, Zach Guthrie, who's taking up my D8 spot at the moment, might go just so that I can try and build a bit more uh, a bit more bank. But we'll see what happens. Next up, my mids. Tom Mitchell, another 83 as my captain. Not great. But what really let me down was the likes of Gibbs and Sidebottom. Um, in my trades between round four and five, I brought Gibbs and Sidey in, and they both bossed it in round four? Yeah, no. Sorry, between rounds three and four, I brought in Gibbs and Sidey. Both did really well, so I was expecting the same thing in round five. Nope, 
They both scored under 77. Well, technically, Sidey scored 77. Gibbs, 65, not good enough. As I mentioned, Luke Parker, who had 73. See you later, mate. You have been... He's been okay. He's had one or two good scores, but the rest have been miserable. Lockie Neal, 86. I want more, but I'm predicting that Lockie Neal will have a big score, like a big 130, 140 in the next few weeks. Timmy Kelly, Nicky Holman, and Andy Brayshaw all getting 70s is fine for rookies. If I was asking for anything more, I'd probably be a bit greedy. And Banfield is a solid option on my bench. Next up, Sauce Jacobs and Maxi Gorn, once again, combining for about 210 points. Get it done week in, week out. Gorn's been vicious this year. He's probably the best ruckman. Although, there's a couple of good ruckmen, actually. Grundy's been playing well. If Cruiser was healthy, he'd be right up there, so... It's a bit annoying I had Tim English as 107 on my bench, but I don't think I'm going to put him on my field. I'll talk more about that in my trades. Forward line, once again, let me down. Billings is also on the... Um, <laughs> might be close to my never again list. He's, I didn't have him last year, and I traded him in just when he started to miss a lot of goals late in the year and started to... There was a couple of games like right at the end where he um, dominated from memory, but I had him for the middle part where he was shit house, so I might get rid of him and yeah, be happy to never see him in the large fries and coke again. Petraka, not good enough. If he does he's probably got one more week. If he doesn't perform he's gone. Christensen's getting close to being moved on. And then my rookies are suspect. But okay. Guelphie's seventy two coming in um, as an emergency for Fritch was really helpful. And Langdon should be back this week. So that's how the large fries and coke unfolded. Um yeah, 18.46 was my final score. Fingers crossed. I swear I say this every week, but fingers crossed my trades uh, in between this week and next week will solve those issues. But I'm starting to give up hope. So now that we've seen how my team unfolded, let's start to look at a few positives because I need a little bit of pick-me-up. Uh, Nat Fife is definitely going to be one of my plus threes this week. He was a beast against the Bulldogs. I actually got up early. It wasn't too early. I think it was about 6 o'clock Toronto time a.m. to watch the Dockers play. They looked really good against the Dogs. Um, but Fife was just on another level. I remember reading something earlier in the week. Bontempelli was just saying they tried to throw all sorts of stuff at him and they couldn't stop him. So he had a massive 136. And to be honest, he looks back to his Brownlow best. Tough matchup this week against the Coasters, so I'd be a little bit hesitant to trade him in. Although, he seems to fill up his fantasy score in a variety of ways, which is what we want from a really good player with kicks, handballs, tackles, marks, and goals. So, yeah, he probably, actually, now that I really think about it, should be a good trade option. So, I look at bringing him in. I was going to give this shout-out to Max Gorn, but Tim English, for his 107, definitely deserves mention. For a guy who... You know, it was meant to be a bit of a heartbeat on our benches. He's started to perform kind of like Sean Darcy did last year. Um, a lot of people have put him on their field. And to be honest, it's not a stupid decision if he keeps scoring like this. I keep waiting for the inevitable 50 or 60, and then I'll be like, oh, that's why you shouldn't put him on your field. But I've got egg on my face at the moment because English is delivering. Last up is uh, the candidate for the uh, Seb Ross Award, aka the most underrated player in all of fantasy, and that is Ed Kernow. Honestly, I might have to look at bringing Ed Kernow in. And it's not as surprising as I'm making it sound. He's been dominating this year. I think from memory, I was having a quick look before I started recording, he's a top five scorer this year. So 
especially with that handy round 12 buy from memory. Um, I know I've got a lot of players who've got buys on round 14 the last week. So yeah, if I could bring Eddie Kerno in, he'd be a massive, massive plus. So yeah, definitely worth considering. I'm kind of surprised that I'm saying it, but his numbers speak for themselves. Time for my negative threes. A few players I've already mentioned, but I will touch on them again. Tom Mitchell, to go from scoring 100 in all bar one game last year and to start the year on fire, everyone expected him to bounce back this week. Forget the Ben Jacobs tag. He's a boss. He'll be fine. Nope. 83. Back-to-back -back 83s, actually, which is hilarious, but... He'll lift this week, though. He'll be okay against St Kilda. Um, those people that don't have Tom Mitchell are happily rubbing their hands together because I'm sure he'll be really cheap in a couple of weeks. Toby Green is the next one. I flagged him as a potential trade target, I think, last week, and he dished up a 52. So I apologise in advance for all those people who are going to um, hit me up in the comments section saying they traded in Toby Green. We all make mistakes. Unfortunately, I seem to be making a lot of them. Last up, speaking of mistakes, is Bryce Gibbs. 65 isn't going to get it done. It wouldn't surprise me if this was Gibbs' lowest score of the year, though. I expect him to, like Tom Mitchell, bounce back. He'll be okay. It's frustrating, but, you know, there's, every AFL player is going to have off weeks. I wrote about Andrew Gaff this week in my Dream Team Talk article for the uh, Fry's Forgotten Few and mentioned Gaff because he's severely underrated. And I did throw in there and say, you know, he will have a bad game, but you can probably pencil him in for 25 touches and about 100 fantasy points. Gibbs is the same. He'll be back next week, don't you worry. Some quick-fire trade thoughts. Robbie Gray, despite his buy in round 10, I think, post-China, is a fantastic trade-in option and might come in for me this week. I've already mentioned Nat Fife. Look at bringing him in. Zach Merritt seems back to his best. He had uh, 105, something of the sort. He was pretty much bang on his break-even, so this is the lowest he's going to get. Grab him if you can. And last but not least is Toby McLean, who... I'm also considering for my forward line. I flagged him a few weeks ago, and after watching him play against the Dockers, he looked like one of their rare bright spots, so bring in Toby McLean if you can. On the rookie front, Jack Higgins had a good game for the Tigers, and if he holds his spot, he should definitely come in. Guelphie as well um, wasn't shy in Anzac Day. In the big stage, had a nice 70, so he's definitely a trading option, especially if you've got one of those injured eagles still sitting on your bench. And the last one is Mira from the Hawks, who's a handy uh, defender option. So if you've got a guy who's close to topping out in price, you might bring him in too. Guys to trade out. It's no coincidence that all four of the players I'm about to mention are in my team. But that being said, Jack Billings hasn't lived up to the hype this year. Should have stuck to my guns and picked Blake Akers instead, but I didn't. So now I have to get rid of Billings. Luke Barker is also gone for me, like I said. He will probably have 120 as soon as I trade him out, but I'm making this smart move for my future, not just for the uh, next round. Christensen and Petraka are two mid-price guys who I started with, and I know a lot of other coaches did. Christensen saw a bit of a bump in his price, and I think he's kind of tapped out now. He's not going to he's not going to have a lot more growth, so he's going to be moved on. Petraka, I'm not too sure about. If he has a massive score this week, I might be tempted to keep him for another week, but. To be honest, overall, he hasn't looked super impressive in taking the next step in his game, so he's another one that's probably going to go. There aren't too many popular rookies who've topped out in price. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, Aaron Norton, those type of guys are getting close. Tim Kelly's actually getting pretty close as well. Um, so you might look to downgrade one of them if there's an option in one of those lines that you like the looks of. Other than that, 
Guys who aren't playing like Fritch, who might actually get a call up again this week. Um, I know there was a couple of injuries in the D's game. He could play again. Dom Barry is another one who's not playing. He's probably got to go. And Zach Guthrie might be a trade-out option as well, unless named. So watch the teams Thursday night, see what happens. But if one of those rooks isn't playing and you've got nothing better to do, definitely ditch one of them for a cheaper guy who's you know got a lower break-even. Looking ahead to next week, we should see Rory Sloan and Matty Crouch uh, play. I think they're both going to pass their fitness tests. Not sure if I can say the same about Josh Kelly and Rory Lobb, but yeah, if Crouchy comes back in, I might add him. Sloan has looked a bit off, as has Josh Kelly, so keep your eye on Matty Crouch. Might decide to wait one week on him, but uh, if not, you know, I couldn't blame you for bringing him in now. He's a gun. As I mentioned in my team video, Zach Landon is going to come back in, well, he's most likely going to come back in, fingers crossed. Buddy's out for the Cats clash and might be out for a couple of weeks, actually. I think he had an ankle injury. So um, if you have him, he's probably a must trade. The last one's Dane Zorko, who apparently injured his elbow against the Suns, but should be all good to play. Watch the team sheets, um, see how the teams are revealed. If you need to make any moves, then do that. But those are the only fantasy-relevant players that we've got injury reports on so far, really. Good news for Tom Mitchell and Joel Selwood owners. Both those guys were cleared by the match review panel. Um, Lockie Hunter as well, who had his one-week suspension, should be coming back. Um, I don't think from memory there's any other real fantasy-relevant suspension news, unless you own Lindsay Thomas, and if you do, I'm sorry. He's out for three weeks after smacking Scott Selwood into next Tuesday. So um, with the exception of those guys, I think we kind of dodged a bullet match review-wise. My trades this week, Parker and Billings are going to be lucky if they survive. I've got my eyes on guys like Robbie Gray and Toby McLean. I'm at a bit of a crossroads with my trades. I don't really know how to attack it. Because I've got a lot of money behind me, I'm tempted to start to cash out the rookies who are getting close to maxing out in price and throw that money on top of some underperformers. I could probably do that for the next three or four weeks and be pretty good, but... I'm so far down in the rank that I'm tempted to get rid of underperforming premiums and bring in, you know, maybe a Cade Simpson in my back line, a danger field, I could do that, could go straight from Luke Parker to danger. So there's a couple of options, but yeah, it's tempting to do a bit of the rookie downgrade as well. That's pretty much all I've got this week. Uh, hopefully your team scored better than mine. It wouldn't be surprising considering I think I ranked 55,000th for the week out of about 130,000. So hey. I'm above average, I'll take that. More articles coming out this weekend. I'm going to be doing my NFL mock draft tomorrow because the NFL draft is tomorrow night, the first round at least, and then the rest of the rounds will pan out over the weekend, so check that out. Of course, I'll be doing my fantasy wrap-up after the next week as well. Um, compare the pair is on the cards. Not sure who I'm doing yet, but I will keep you posted, no doubt. Apart from that, thanks for tuning in. Big game five tonight, go Cavs. Uh, go Dockers in the Derby. And until next time, peace.